Hello and welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews and Wrap Up Movie of Mayday Superhero Movies which was my look at bad female superhero movies such as Supergirl, Catwoman, Elektra and today's movie 1996's Barb Wire which is famous for two things Pam Anderson's tits and Pam Anderson's tits sorry <clears throat> famous for two things Pam Anderson and her two Huge fake boobs. Seriously, this movie is all about big guns. However, I'm going to try to be as straight as possible in this movie review. <clears throat> Looking at it as if it was a Casablanca meets Escape from New York clone. As Bob Wire is part Snake Bliskin, part Barbie doll, part drag queen. And I swear to God, if she wears this and some of the wigs she wears in this are bloody drag queen staples, my God. Based off a comic book of the same name that ran from 1994 to 1996 that this movie killed from Dark Horse. See, this is a comic movie and I didn't just do this for the listens. Get out of your mind of the gutter, you dirty perverts. And with a perv, I'm a movie critic. Okay, I know this movie is awful and it feels like an 80s throwback. However, is this thing actually good or is this so bad? It's good. Or is this just an excuse to see big guns? Let us find out. With a budget of $9 million and pulling in 3.8, here it is, Barb Wire, starring Pamela Anderson Lee at the time, Timra Morrison, uh, Victoria Rowe, Steve Railsback, and Odo Kerr, the plot, set during the Second American Civil War of either 2017 or 19, it is not clear. A bar owner slash bounty hunter has been tasked to find special ID hiding contact lenses. However, the government is hot on their heels. And they're also hot on the heels of the resistance. Can she get the resistance out of the country to safety? I find out here and just don't call her babe. Before I dive into this, I will say I saw this in the cinema in 1996 with a grand total of 10 people in the cinema. That included staff, and by the end of it, there was five, including staff. It was a fucking joke. Anyway, on with the show. The movie opens up with a text scroll telling us this is 2017, and the old democracy is overthrown by a new tyrannical government known as the Congressional De Delegation. Or delegates, even. Every single city is under martial law. Except for one, Steel Harbour. And cue the titles exploding on screen and what looks like Twisted Pictures logo. Our big introduction scene to our quote hero, Barb Wire, played by Pam Anderson of Baywatch VIP and Stripper Hour as she <coughs> strips to Word Up by Gun. As water pours all over her, she swings on stage on a sex swing, sex swing, on a sex swing rather. In a rubber dress. Uh, could you imagine Stallone, Willis or Gibson being told to do this? And we're only a minute into this thing and we're ready to see her boobs for fuck's sake. Could you imagine? Mr Stallone, there's a rubber red... Uh, a red? A rubber dress. Swing on that swing as we pour gallons of water on top of you. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I guess this was Pam Anderson's nod to flash dance as this was her idea. Except she wanted champagne, not water. Too bad the budget was tight and it was water. Once the quote strip dance is over, which lasts for a full two minutes, for fuck's sake, she throws one of her stripper heels to some guy in the audience for daring calling her babe, and she hobbles off stage. 
Backstage, the pervy owner hits on Barb. So she sneaks around the empty kitchens, and when I say sneaks, I mean she pounds as hard as she possibly can in her six-inch hooker heels. Subtle love, real subtle. She finds her bounty, a 15-year-old schoolgirl. The skeezy owner catches her, but one knockout dart from a fake cigarette later, and she's off of her bounty. With a grapple gun hook scene later, and Barb escapes with the girl. And I should mention, Pat Anderson is doing her best Snake Plissken whisper voice. You know, don't call me babe and all that shit. Oh, God. <coughs> God, that's all bad for your throat, up. <coughs> and supposedly done all of her own stunts, which is bullshit, frankly. Once delivering the little girl, we get one of many, many, many voiceovers from Barb explaining just how shit this America has became. And I guess the SGWs and the MAGA supporters finally killed each other. Or took each other even. <laughs> On to DC and our big bad M. Bison lookalike, Colonel Prizer, played by Steve Railsback of The X-Files, Vanishing Point of Disturbing Behaviour and Ed Gein. He is the sadistic head of the government, as we see him torturing a female scientist on an operating table in the middle of a boxing ring. What the fuck? Shocking her until she gives up information to a runaway doctor, and he takes it too far and kills her. However, before he kills her, she gives him information that the doctor is headed to Steel Harbour to join up with the Resistance. And she has these magic contact lenses that can fill scanners into giving you a new ID. Right then. <clears throat> On a video call, we hear that Cora D, or Dr. Devonshire, has secured the ultimate weapon, a retrovirus used to kill hundreds in her DNA. And Colonel Prizer is told to get her back at all costs. Now, I've seen this movie dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Because this thing is so bad, it's great, or is it? Hmm. In fact, this one was one of my guilty pleasure movies. Because um, it's just terrible. And I never picked up this whole cure thing and the virus stuff and all this malarkey. But anyway, moving on. Cue another voiceover telling us she's heading to Steel Harbour to beat the Resistance and join up. That night in Steel Harbour, we see Cora D, played by Victoria Rowe of Dinosaur's Murder, The Young Restless, and a fuck ton of Hallmark Christmas movies, and her husband, Axel, played by Tim Tamura, I guess I pronounced that, Morrison of The Island of Dr. Monroe, Star Wars movies and video games, Green Lantern, and Aquaman, meeting the rebels. But it's a trap! As they barely escape, somehow, even though the car is under the Swiss cheese, I've never seen them exiting the fucking vehicle, and the doors are locked from the inside. How the fuck did they get it? Onto Barb's bar, the hammerhead, and spot Tiny Lister, aka Zeus, from the terrible WWF, now E, movie, and no hold Bard as the bouncer. Meet Barb's brother, Charlie, played by Jack Noseworthy. Of Event Horizon, Idle Hands, Surrogates, pretty ugly people. He's a blind war veteran, just like his sister, a war veteran that is not blind. Walking around the bar is Curly, played by Odu Kerr of Suspiria, 1977. Ace Ventura pet detective, Johnny Mnemonic, Blade, a movie which I've covered, check out my archives. And Rob Zombie's Halloween, again, I've covered this movie, check my archives. He's the bar manager handing out free champagne and food. And just what sort of bar is this? It's part strip joint, part bar, part tattoo parlour, part dance hall, part fetish hall, 
and part Fight Club. Bit all weird. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like fucking barter town on fucking speed. Currently questions Barb as to what he'll pay the staff with as off she goes for another bounty. Off she roars on her motorbike, a 885cc Triumph Thunderbird, which Pam Anderson is allegedly actually driving and supposedly kept a bike to pick up her target. But first, she must pick up the forgotten stooge, pervy stooge, in the city's red light zone. And note the prostitution license Barb has is dated the 1st of July 2019, Pamela Anderson's 52nd birthday. And it says on the card it was issued that day. Therefore, is it 2017 or 2019? Hmm. Once picking up her mark, she tricks him into letting her in uh, in his flatterer, as next door is her bounty. So one knockout blow to the head with a paddle and an explosive entrance, her bounty is caught. However, one gun calls her babe, so he's gunned down. According to the behind the scenes, Pam Anderson is doing all her own stunts and gunplay, which is nonsense. Although the fight scenes were apparently hard to do due to the fetish wear. Oh, you think, love? I mean, you're wearing six to eight inch hooker heels and you're wearing basically leather fetish wear and the such moving on. And when I forgot to say, Bob Wire has another voiceover telling us she's a bounty hunter by necessity, not by choice, as she has to keep her bar afloat. Well, maybe if fucking curly stop handing out free booze and food, you actually mean profit, love. Jesus, jinkies. Anywho, turns out her bounty is Krebs, the leader of the rebellion. So who put it on him then? Hmm. On to the Bill Bondsman Schmitz, played by Clint Howard of Evil Speak, the Wraith, silently did night four and five. I would have done the ones, check my archives. Big Bad Wolf and Rob a Zombie's Halloween. And I love the fact that Schmitz tries to stiff Barb on a bounty by paying American dollars and not Canadian, the running joke throughout this entire movie, as the US dollar has tanked and the economy is in the toilet. Back at the bar, Barb dances with an unnamed soldier in Boss Chief of Police Willis, played by Xander Berkeley of Terminator 2, Candyman, Apollo 13, 24, and Kickass. He shakes down Barb for money, or he will arrest the clientele left and right. And oh yeah, yet another voiceover by Anderson, telling us he's a slimy bastard, but at least he's honest about it and can be bought off for a price. One quick striptease behind some see-through shades and some sexual harassment later, she pays him off and gets told Colonel Prizer will be in town the next night and he'll bring him to the bar. He's then quickly paid off. The next night, in walks Colonel Prizer with the grand entrance to be the big introduction, to be the big introduction, to be, uh, for fuck's sake, to meet Barb Wire. And I swear to God, this Colonel Prizer guy, every time he makes an entrance, is a big, grand, theatrical entrance. The bloody queen. And I just love the fact how Steve rails back, chews up every single scene he's in, and just doesn't give a fuck. Colonel Prizer tries to hire Barb to track down Cora D and Lindsay's, but before she could answer, Curly pulls her away because he's part of Resistance. In walks Axel and Cora D, which Barbara quickly punches and throws out of her bar. As outside the bar, Charlie tells Axel and Cora D where the rebellion is. Or rebels rather, or what the fuck they're called. And yet another voiceover, what is this, 8 and 40 minutes for fuck's sake. Inside the rebels HQ, Axel meets a leader, Spike, played by Jennifer Barco of Friday the 13th, The New Blood, Texture of Massacre 3, and Sunset Beach. She's about 20 for fuck's sake, and she's leading the rebellion for God's sake. 
One quick retinal scan of something that looks like a welder's mask and a TV stuck to it later and Cora D is now one of them. Right today. Some bullshit about Krebs having magic contact lenses and how in 24 hours a plane leaves for Canada later and it's back to the bail bonds where Colonel Prizer's men shoot up the place and killing all inside. Fade to black. And I swear to God if it's not a voiceover it's a fucking fade to black. The next morning, Charlie wakes Bar from a drunken stupor and cue a flashback to three years earlier as a Barb is waiting for Axel at a burned out airport and he doesn't show this, then turns onto Barb Wire, kick ass bounty hunter. For fuck's sake, I mean. Schmidt shows up to offer Barb the contact lenses, but she isn't interested, so he stashes them under the kitchen sink because, of course, she would. Another fade to black onto Colonel Prizer's scientist using a machine to read the memories of one of the men they killed in a bailbound. Uh, Bailbun's place, what the fuck it's called, shop, the fuck it is. This leads him to Barb, and this machine looks like it's fell out of the fucking 70s. For fuck's sake, this is supposed to be 2019. Why does it have a BBC Master keyboard and a mini TV stuck to it and it's in this bloody suitcase? What, no touchscreens? No, f oh god almighty. Fade to black, because of course it would. Q, another overly sexualised scene with Barb as she takes a bubble bath in a see-through bath because of course you'd have a see-through bath for goods. Which Axel interrupts so she gets out of the bath with suds covering all her naughty bits. You know, I would love to see a male superhero as perved on as much as Barb is in this Wait, what am I saying? Superman and Man of Steel and Justice League has an overly long shirtless scene and Captain America has a long slow-mo close-up of his new body in the first Avenger. So never mind. He asks for help, but she's not interested, so after kissing him in her elevator, he introduces her to his wife, Cora D. Awkward! It's here, Cora D tells Barb, she was the chief medical officer and caused the world devastation, uh, which was from a derivative of the HIV virus known as Red Ribbon, to be unleashed that kills in 12 hours. After that, she switched sides. Okay then. Like I said, I've seen this movie dozens of times and I missed this entire subplot of the HIV virus. Hmm. So, they tried to get Barb to get Cora D to Canada to blow the whistle and tell all about the Red Ribbon epidemic. Barb is interesting because the fate of mankind doesn't pay and she's all about the money. Because she's a selfish, bloody, arrogant bitch. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Prizer's men raid the bar searching for the lenses just as Barb was throwing out Cora D. Luckily, Chava has an eye scanner blocker type device and Axel and Cora D are let go. This leads to the bar getting smashed up. After the bar is trashed by Prizer's stormtroopers, Charlie tells Barb he has a contact lenses, but of course Barb doesn't want to give the contact lenses to Cora D, instead she tries to sell them on the black market. And Q, another voice for Anderson, telling us she knew Charlie was friends with the rebels, but not how deep he was dealing with them. Yet another fade to black. Two big fatso junkyard, played by Andre Rosie Brown of Tango and Cash, Kingpin and Space Jam, where he's brought out on a bulldozer as he's so fat he can barely walk and is sitting in the bucket of the bulldozer. For crying out loud. It's here Barb tries to sell him the contact lenses for, I think it's 2 million Canadian or something like that. I mean, I have no idea how much money it is. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Charlie heads to the Rebel HQ.
where he finds them all dead and Prizer waiting for him, back with Barb, and she's brokering a deal with Fatso for 1 million Canadian, plus tickets to Paris for her and Charlie, and safe passage through the no-go zone. Back with Charlie, as Prizer has him hooked up to the memory reading machine, what he can't be tied down, spread eagle, half-naked, like the woman from earlier, sex as much. Mm. He gets nothing from Charlie as he's blind, so he fries his ass laughing like a maniac as he does in the bar. A barb leaves it all to Curly, who is cleaning up the glass. And they discuss everything as Barb goes down to her super secret garage and finds her armoured bus. It's here. Curly tells her Charlie went off to see Spike. The two race to the Rebel HQ to find Charlie's long dead body. Oh, I forgot. Fade to black. At the same time, Axel and Cora do show up to see Barb crying over Charlie's long, cold, dead body. And the place shot the fuck up. Shot to the hell up, even, or whatever. No holes over the bloody place. Axel tells her they have 90 minutes to get them to the airport and need her her help because it's an impossible task. Now, pissed off, Barb wants revenge. As back in the armoured bus, she goes to arm up in your bog standard action movie scene. You know, shotguns, pump actions, rocket launchers, machine guns, handguns, multiple bullets, grenades, etc, etc. You know, think Terminator 2 with tits. <sighs> Running across the city, she gets to the meeting place of Big Fatso just in the nick of time. She sells Fatso the Lindsay's pissing off Axel for 750,000 Canadian. As out of the shadows comes the cops and the congressional bad guys. As Fatso gloats about all the money he's made from the deal, the chief of the police hands Barb a grenade. As he's cuffing her, this gives her a chance to escape blowing Fatso's sky. Hi, they all escape, including Willis in the armoured bus, and it's a pretty box under chase to the airport, as apparently they have to drive through the no-go zone, which is basically a couple of RVs stuck in the place uh, because reasons and budget. Barb roars out of the back of the bus on her motorbike and takes out the cop cars using the bike from Never Say Never Again. As back in the bus with Prizer chasing them, Axel uses the burst Bussy's party trick of firing fireworks into an RV to escape the no-go zone. This, however, causes the bus to flip and crash. Why the fuck would you have a lever that causes the bus to flip and... For fuck's sake. Ridiculous. <clears throat> Axel and Willis kill Prizer's men as Barb speeds to save the day. Jumping into the firefight, she kills Prizer's left and right-hand men. He bursts through a wall in a forklift truck which pins Barb to her bike and then he pins her other leg to a parked car, laughing all the way as he does. Axel kills more of Prizer's men as he runs to a crane, which he uses to pick up the forklift with Barb and Prizer fighting on top of it, with Prizer laughing insanely as he does so. One taunt too many and I've got you babe. Later she unhooks the forklift truck, sending it straight down to the fiery pits of hell. At the airport, Barb pops out the lenses and hands them to Cora D. Ew, unsanitary. She and Axel then head to Canada, because apparently he doesn't need contact lenses to get on the plane, you're just this chick. Barb pulls out her gold credit card, giving her by Fatso of 750,000 credits on it. Jump cuts as it zooms on in Barb, as credits roll. 
on this Casablanca ripoff, which makes no sense. I must have seen this movie about 10 to 20 times, and as I said multiple times, I have missed the bloody HIV subplot. Or, as to who she picked up in a hotel with Pervy Stooge, and why anybody put a hit on him, he's supposed to be the rebel's bloody... Oh, moving on. Confusing storylines, bad acting overly sexual hero, boring fight scenes, and just plain lazy writing. This was one of my guilty pleasure movies, but this is now off the list. Pam Anderson has none of it. Even Halle Berry has a glint in her eye playing Catwoman. I'm going to give this thing two double Ds out of ten. This is dire. Anyway, come back next week for my look at Iron Man movies, including both Avenger movies. July is Captain America, August and September is Superman, October is House of Wayne, and November is No Scare Vember, where I look at the scary movie franchise. Don't forget to Leave a like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Also, if you're feeling extremely generous, check out my Patreon podcast, where for just $1 a month you get access to exclusive, hour-plus-long, unedited, unscripted and uncut reviews of movies such as Beetlejuice and Tank Girl. Check out my f- franchise podcast of Mad Max, Star Wars, Underworld, Omen and Psycho, plus many more. Also, my solo looks at Donnie Darko, Dracula, The Live and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, bye! Hey. And don't call me babe.